All right, guys. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. We got uh, Rebecca Rouse on the show. Uh, Rebecca, thanks so much for you know hopping on, taking the time. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. So uh, I just want to start from the very beginning. Uh, you're very involved with weightlifting. Um, when did that start? Um, you know, were you always interested in doing that? Because this is kind of different, kind of an anomaly with girls. Uh, at least some of the girls that I know that's going to the gym just to you know work out and make their butt look good. That's yeah. just squats and stuff. So how'd that get started? And we could just take it from there. Sure. So I guess my athletic background started when I was a kid. Um, I started gymnastics when I was three. And so that was kind of my first introduction to you know, strength training and gymnastics is pretty much an all body weight sport, but it really built my foundation for being a you know, strong female and appreciating human movement and being athletic and powerful. So that was, that was most of my childhood. I did gymnastics from age three until high school. So about age 14. And then in college, I got into the weight room scene. So it started out more like the bodybuilding style training, you know, body part splits, but I really fell in love with the process and the journey of like building muscle, getting stronger, seeing my body change as a result of what I was doing. Um, and then after college, I got my first job out of college was as a personal trainer at Equinox. And so that's, I got a ton of education through Equinox, just learning all about functional training. And I kind of shifted at that point from focusing more on aesthetics and moving into more performance and strength-based training. So I got introduced, introduced to kettlebells, barbells, and really just fell in love with building strength and, and getting stronger, building muscle and focusing more on what my body could do from a strength and performance standpoint. So um, really got into kettlebell training in 2016. And then in 2018, I started getting into Olympic lifting, worked with a coach in New York city when I was there and then moved to back to California, worked with a different coach there. And I've done two weightlifting meets and I uh, was going to do a third before the pandemic and then everything got canceled. So here we are. No, uh, no virtual weightlifting meets. No, I mean, actually they, they did <laughs> bring those in eventually. I didn't want to do it. I, I'd rather wait until I can go back in person. So I'll get back to training and, uh, my training's kind of been all over the place the last couple of months since I've been traveling a lot, but, um, yeah, that, my plan is to do more weightlifting meets and hopefully get on a national platform next year. That's awesome. So you started out in gymnastics. I feel like gymnastics is kind of something that people overlook when it comes to like how difficult it is. I feel like that doesn't get the respect that it deserves. It's a fantastic sport. I always tell my friends who are having kids right now, like put your kids in gymnastics, start them young because I've, you know, just through that sport alone, I built, a, a, like I said before, a strong foundation for strength training and mobility, flexibility, all that good stuff, but also just the discipline and the structure gr growing up with that kind of forming the backbone of my, my childhood. I really learned from a young age, how to be disciplined and prioritize, manage my time when I had school and homework and, and traveling for meets on the weekends and long practices that were three, three and a half hours. So a lot of good things came from that. Yeah. There's a lot of su super successful athletes and people that, that did stuff like that. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger did like ballet, I think just to help like his poses and stuff. Yeah. It's a thing. Totally. Yeah. So you got involved with weight, with weightlifting in college. Like what kind of sparked that? Like what drew you to that? Um, it was actually an ex-boyfriend in like, right before I went to college, I, what I had stopped gymnastics, like mostly, most of high school, I just kind of fell into like that cardio routine of just going to the gym and doing cardio. Yeah. And then I met a guy and we started dating and he was into bodybuilding. And so he introduced me to the weights and he would, we'd go to the gym and he would write me like little programs on an index card and he'd say, go do this and I'm going to go do my thing. And so I started getting into, you know, like I said before the body part splits and I did arm day and back day and chest day and leg day and shoulder day and 
it was, it was a fun process, but I realized that there was like a whole other world of, of fitness that I hadn't been introduced to yet. And then that came later when, when I learned about functional fitness and kettlebell training and just more like well-rounded stuff. So why is that important versus doing just like going in there and just working, you know, doing like compound movements. You said like functional fitness. Um, why is that important instead of just going in there and just kind of just figure it out on the fly? Cause I think, I think that's what most people do. Yeah. I mean, it depends, depends what the goal is. Like for me, fitness is kind of my world, the world I live in. It's what I do for fun. It's what I do for my, my business and, um, and my own health and fitness. So it's, it, it depends on the individual's goals. So if someone wants to just break a sweat and, you know, feel good, get some endorphins, it, maybe you could get, get by with just going in and coming up with something on the fly. But if you have a specific goal or you are an athlete or you have, you want to compete in something, then having a program that's structured and progressed accordingly to, you know, your current level, your current performance and where you want to go, you're going to get there a lot more quickly and a lot more efficiently. If you have a specific program that you're following. What programs would you suggest? Um, I mean, it's, again, it depends. So I always tell people if you have a specific goal in, or you want to compete in something or you have a, like you want a PR lift or something, it, it, working with a coach is the best way to go. So find somebody who's certified, who has experience and delegate that, you know, if you don't know how to write a program, that's going to work for you, or that's as efficient, as effective as you want it to be, right. find somebody who can and work with them because, you know, we can't be experts in everything. I'm certainly not fitness is what I do, but when it comes to other things and even, you know, my own fitness, like I've worked with coaches for years because I know for sure, I know how to program for myself and I could put together a, a good program, but I'd rather have somebody else do it for me. And, and someone who's not going to overlook my weaknesses or the things that I don't want to do. Cause we all like to do the things we're good at. Right. But if we, um, if we only do the things we're good at, we're probably going to miss some things and we're not going to really reach our potential. That's a great point. Um, we had Ryan Mickle on the show recently. I know he's big on, I know he's friends with you. Are you familiar with Andy Frisella? Mm-hmm. Of course. He's got 75 hard. So, I mean, that's been a really big, you know, program for a lot of people, myself included. I've done that. It helped a lot. Um, it's just, you could start small like this. You could just scale things up. You know what I mean? So I feel like when people think about like lifting or working out or anything like that, and they're not doing that currently, they think you have to go in there and, you know, have this crazy regimen planned out. It just, you know, you could start out just doing stuff at home. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that resulted from the pandemic was everyone had to, most people had to shift and pivot their, their fitness plan because a lot of the, in most places, gyms were closed and people may or may not have had equipment at home. So if you were able to get it, then that was, you were lucky, but if not, you had to work with your own body weight or go outside, run, whatever. So I think that a lot of people started to, you know, pivot and figure out what was going to work for them from home. Yeah, no, not being able to go to the gyms for a long time was, was definitely a shock. And I know for, I mean, you just mentioned before we started the, you know, recording over in California, they're still locked down. You still can't even go in there and eat. I mean, yep. yeah. And you're over in New Jersey now. So you've got, you know, Attila's gym, Belmar and all that. I mean, when I think of New Jersey nowadays, at least that's what I think. Of. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's been a uh, top of the news stories lately. Ian Smith yeah. doing the thing. It's crazy though. It's just such weird times. It is. Yeah. So what was you, what would you suggest to somebody who, you know, maybe can't get into a gym? I mean, hopefully these lockdowns aren't going to continue at least around most of the country. What would you suggest like that someone could, I know it's all based on you know, where you want to go or where you want to be. Um, 
I mean, I know you talk, this is changed over to this. Like, I know you talk about kettlebells a lot. Um, I think that, you know, Joe Rogan, at least for my, in my, you know, from my experience, Joe Rogan was one of the first people that I found that was talking about it a lot and kind of drew a lot of attention to that. Um, why are they beneficial? Cause just like I said, I've never really like worked out with kettlebells. I just been kind of just basic, just, you know, squats, you know, bench press, just the basic stuff. Um, but I know a lot of people talk about how beneficial that is. So let's just talk about that. Yeah. The kettlebells are, they're my jam. I love, love kettlebells. Like I said, I've been working with them for about seven years now. Um, and really seriously for about five, but I love them because it's, they're portable. So you can have them at home. You can take them anywhere, put them in your car, take them on the road. Right. They are very versatile. So whether I always say like whatever fitness goal you have, you can probably get there with kettlebells. So whether you want to build strength, you want to put on muscle and hypertrophy a little bit, you want to work on your conditioning and your endurance, you want to change your body composition, like kettlebells can do all of those things. And they are, they're really technical. So they require a good amount of commitment um, and attention to detail when it comes to executing those movements safely, because they do get a bad rap and people who have hurt themselves probably didn't learn from a coach or a certified instructor because they do require a good amount of um, technique and attention to, to form to, to be safe and effective. Um, but when, when you do learn them correctly and you implement the, you know, the kettlebell protocols and you do it safely, uh, there's, there's so many benefits. So you can, like I said, strength, power, endurance, um, they really are great for mobility and stability. They challenge all aspects of, of fitness and human movement. And there's a lot of carryover to kettlebell move from kettlebell movements into like activities of daily living. So squatting and pressing and reaching and, and rotating, like all the things we do in our daily life. If we train those with kettlebells, we're probably going to feel better and move better throughout our, our life. Um, if you're an athlete and you train with kettlebells, you are probably going to get better at your sport. So if you are a power athlete, so there's a carryover to weightlifting and sprinting and um, pretty much any sport that, that people can do. If you train kettlebells, you're going to get better at it. So those are some of the reasons I love kettlebells. It probably definitely helps with explosiveness too, like power cleans. Yep. That kind of stuff. A lot of power from the hips. Cause that's, that's basically what kettlebell swing is. I mean, it's full body tension, but all the power comes from the breath and the hips. So if you know how to use it and, and channel it, you can generate a lot of power. Your breath. How, how so? So breathing mechanics for kettlebell training are, are, there's a specific way that you breathe when you're doing hard style training. So there's different schools of kettlebell training too. The way that I've been trained through strong first is, um, is hard style training. So more Russian, Russian kettlebell training versus the competitive style training, but in hard style training, the biomechanical breathing is, um, without getting like into too much science and, and detail here, it's basically using like deep belly breaths to create tension through the entire body and the kinetic chain and then utilizing that tension and transferring it into the kettlebell and timing and everything with your hips too. Like when that all comes together, you have a lot more power than people realize. Hmm. That makes sense. I was always taught to like breathe out when you're pushing or really is exerting yourself rather. Yeah. That could be wrong. I don't Is that that correct? Yep. I mean, there's, there's lots of different, there's a lot lot of research on breathing and breathing techniques and everything. But when it comes to kettlebell training, you're, yeah, you're going to do a powerful exhale and you're going to, it's almost like a hiss. So like you're hissing at somebody or um, like that sound that you would make, that's Mm -hmm. the the sound that you're going to exhale when you're doing when you're at the, the moment that your hips come to extension in a kettlebell swing, that's when you're going to perform that exhale. And so there's a, there's a rhythm to the movement. There's a rhythm to the breath. And if you can marry those two at the exact right time, great things happen. That's awesome. Yeah. So were you doing 
kettlebells and and what did you know what you know now when you're in college like learn like figuring this stuff out like when did you really kind of get to where you are right now when it comes to the mental side of things with with kettlebells specifically or what well just yeah just yeah we'll start with kettlebells yeah so kettlebells i got my first certification it was just like a kettlebell basics um in 2014 that was like the first year i became a personal trainer and then i got strong first certified, which is a different organization. I got that in 2016. And so I've been practicing pretty much since then practicing very seriously and coaching a lot of uh, students specifically on kettlebell training. That's awesome. Is that in person or is that online? Um, it was in person primarily for majority of my training career. Now I'm doing coaching online. Um, I would, I will get back to in-person training probably after the move this summer, but, um, there, there's, there's value to both, you know, with, with an online business, I can reach more people anywhere in the world and, um, clients kind of get a little bit more autonomous over their training when I'm not there with them, but there's definitely benefits to training clients in person because I can be there to, you know, cue them and coach them and fix their form, put their hands, put my hands on them to adjust their positioning and that type of thing. How have people responded to the online coaching and training? Like how, like do people like that? Are they not like what, like what's going on with that? I think right now, considering what's going on still, you know, the pandemic continues to, to go on. I think people are, are very open to it because they realize what, you know, depending on where they are in the country or the world, like not then not every gym is, has reopened yet mm-hmm. or their people are choosing not to go back to the gym because they're not ready to. So having, um, having an online business, I've been able to serve those people who are very content to work out at home and who have out, um, who have, equipment at their homes as well. And so that's been going really well for me. Um, and I do, I do also have some clients who are going, are back into the gym. And so I do their programming, they're working out at the gym, but they ha- I have a lot more uh, flexibility with how I can program for them since they have access to a, a full gym. That makes sense. So you're doing this in college, you get out of college. What happens next? I became a personal trainer. That was my first job out of college. Um, I worked at Equinox, did that for about six and a half years. I was a personal trainer, became a personal training manager as well, also for Equinox. So I man- I was both East Coast and West Coast. I managed teams of, of personal trainers at different locations. And then when the gyms shut down in like middle of the pandemic, I left Equinox back in August. And that's when I started my business. Well, so this, how old are you? I will be 30 next month. So this is very, very recent. Yes. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't realize this was this you know, recent, <laughs> yep. like a better term, less than a year, about six months now. So how did you become involved with, with USA weightlifting? Is that with Equinox? Is that how that got started? Like you, um, no, USA weightlifting is, is like its own organization. That's basically like the organization in the United States where people through which people get certified as coaches and, or compete as lifters. So USA weightlifting, I have my coaching certification through them as well, but I'm in order to compete in any USA weightlifting sanctioned events, I have to be registered as an athlete. So I have both. And then both of the coaches that I've worked with are also USA weightlifting coaches. And you're also a coach as well. Yes. How'd that uh, get started with the coaching versus actually being in the trenches doing that? Is it just kind of go hand in hand or? Yeah, I kind of, um, I think I kind of did it out of order. I got my coaching certification before I really like dove into the athletic side of things and and doing the lifts myself. So I didn't actually do much with the certification for a while because I was just focusing on, you know, training and, and kettlebells mostly. But once I started becoming an athlete of 
um, as a weightlifter, I used my certification as coaching more and started coaching clients. I don't have a lot of clients who are interested in, in weightlifting, um, from the client standpoint, because most people that find their way to, to working with me are just more general fitness. I want to get stronger. Some people are specifically looking for kettlebell training, but, um, yeah, USA weightlifting is, has been great for me as, as an athlete and a coach. And Semper Stronger was created through that, right? Like while you were doing this, this is a fairly recent thing, right? Your company? Yeah, Semper Stronger is the company that I started last year um, after I left Equinox. And so Semper Stronger is my, my business along with my husband. We, it's just the two of us right now. Um, we're, we started it together last year and we've been growing it over the course of the last six months and adding more offerings to clients and customers. So I, right now I have my one-on-one clients that I train online right now. And I have some uh, programs that I've written that people can purchase and do on their own following along in the Semper Stronger app. And then I have a membership subscription as well. So people can sign up to become members of my platform, get a daily workout, uh, connect with other members in the community online, have access to online resources that I've created for kettlebell training, habit coaching, that sort of thing. So depending on what, what level of coaching people are looking for, there's, there's something for everybody. I feel like people are hungry for that kind of stuff. Just like a community of... The, the pandemics left people pretty isolated, I think some, yeah. you know, some people, so there's been less human interaction and less getting together with people and friends. And so, and people have, I, some people have stayed, use this time to get in shape or stay in shape or improve themselves. Other people have done the opposite and just kind of sat at home and waited for life to come back to normal. So for those who were the, in the former category and who have chosen to, um, you know, take, take fitness into their own hands and, and do something at home. I think that my, my platform has been great for, for many of those people who are, who just want a body weight workout and want something every day that they can do for 15, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. I was going to ask about that as well. I mean, how long does this stuff normally take the, the workouts that you have your clients do? So the, my one-on-one clients that are working with me, getting custom programming that I work with them on an individual basis, depending on what they're looking for and what equipment they have access to. But for the subscription, uh, for the membership, the, those workouts take 20 to 30 minutes max right now. It's, they're all body weight workouts. Um, actually later this week, I'm going to be launching a kettlebell membership. So people who love kettlebell training and have kettlebells at home or wherever they work out can join that and they'll get a kettlebell workout of the day that it'll be about the same length, 15 to 30 minutes. That's cool. How'd you uh, come up with the idea to, to uh, get an app? Is that a normal thing with trainers? It depends. Um, I think just because the world is so app-based now, everybody seems to have an app in order to stay um, relevant and to connect with people and make, to offer a product that people are going to find user-friendly. Having an app, I think, is the way to go. And my husband is, um, he's specializes in user experience, so he can do a lot of, he does all the tech, technology stuff in the app creation, website development, all that stuff. So, um, he was very much in favor of us having an app. Did he make it himself? No, it's a, it's a white label. Um, so we partnered with another company who is, they've already created the fitness app and we have our branding on it. So we didn't have to actually create the app, but he did build the entire website and the like membership page where people can sign up and become members. He built that all from scratch. That's pretty tough. Yeah. He's, he's pretty much a wizard. I don't know how he does any of that, but we have very, we have very different roles in the business and I could never do what he does. It's amazing. That's awesome. Um, I was going to bring this up later, but I might as well just do it now. I mean, your husband's a Marine. Uh, so thank you for your family service. This is obviously a, you know, patriotic show. Um, what's the biggest lesson you've learned from being a military wife? 
Oh, so many, but I have to say being adaptable to change um, and being ready for anything because things can change last minute in the military and plans change, timelines change, locations change, friends change, just being able to adapt to all the change that comes with military lifestyle has been hugely beneficial for me. It's made me a stronger person um, and it's made me more independent and it kind of forced me to grow up, you know, cause my husband, I've been together for 10 years now. So I've really grown up into like adulthood and my professional life with him. And so being a military wife has helped me tremendously. That's awesome. Is that why you moved to New Jersey? Yes. He's currently the Marine officer instructor for the ROTC program at Rutgers and Princeton universities. That's awesome. I got a buddy that's up there, not too far away. He's one of the Navy OCS. So he's over in Providence. So yeah. I'm not really too familiar as to, as to how far away New Jersey is from Providence, just to be real. It's a little, it's a, it's a little hike. It's a few hours. Yeah. yeah. It's a little hike. That's cool. So um, you started this company, you're doing that. Um, did you start that because of the pandemic? Did you just realize that, you know, yeah. people were not able to work out? This is a good spot for me to hop in. Pretty much. It was kind of a combination of that. Like, uh, there's definitely a need for it. And a lot of people had kind of pivoted their own businesses and everything to adapt to the pandemic and the situation we found ourselves in as a result of that. Um, but it, for me, it was also just my the start of my entrepreneurial journey. I, I knew I eventually wanted to be an entrepreneur and start my own business. I thought it would be five to 10 years down the road. So this just kind of expedited that whole plan and process for me and got started ahead of schedule. Sometimes it's a good thing though. Totally. I'm, I couldn't be happier. I'm, I, I learned a ton from my job in corporate fitness. I had a great experience at Equinox. Um, I did, did what I wanted to do, but now that I'm on the other side, um, I'm very glad to be doing what I'm doing now. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned from actually coaching people versus actually just being in the trenches doing that? You know, as an old adage, the best way to learn something is to coach or, or teach it. I mean, what's the biggest lesson you've learned from that? Uh, from from just like teaching and instructing people and kind of being on the sidelines versus actually being in the trenches, you know, lifting. As, that changed. Oh, as an yeah, I think for me, like I like I said before, I've worked with coaches um, myself. So I, I've been a trainer for seven years now, and I've worked with a coach for probably four of those years. So I've I always say that like being a being a client has made me a better coach because I can now relate better to my own clients. And so I can, I can put myself in their shoes. So if I, you know, when I would show up to my training sessions, if I didn't sleep well, or I was super stressed or very tired and I didn't want to work out, like my, my coach always knew what to say to make me, you know, go and go do what I got, had to do and look at the bigger picture and the long-term vision. And so I have more, have more empathy for my clients when they're going through stuff and, you know, we're all human. We all have stress in life and obligations, kids, whatever. So right. um, I think it's definitely made me a better coach to my clients having been, you know, both coach and athlete. That's awesome. I feel like that's kind of, you know, it's hard to explain what I'm trying to think, think about, <laughs> but, um, okay. So you're doing this, um, we do this for a little over a year. How did you become involved with, with Jocko and the whole Jocko fuel enterprise? Uh, so let's see, this was a little over a year ago, last February, I was living in San Diego and Jocko lives in San Diego too. So he had the, the origin Jocko fuel team. They were coming out from Maine to San Diego to do a big nationwide uh, launch at vitamin shop when the Jocko fuel la product line was going to be going nationwide. 
in vitamin shops everywhere. So they did, they came to San Diego, Jocko was there, he did a book signing and meet and greet. Um, so I went there and I got to meet Jocko and Echo Charles and JP Donnell, Dakota Meyer, like all the people from origin, Brian and Pete, they were all out there. So I just hung out there for a couple hours, got to get to know them and, um, just kept in touch with them. They're just amazing, good Americans, just good people. So I kept in touch with them on social media after, and then about a month later, like last March, Brian from Jocko Fuel reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in being one of their sponsored athletes. And obviously immediately said, yes, I was so excited. So it's been about a year now I've been with them and they're such an incredible company doing really good things. So I couldn't be happier to partner with them. For some reason, I thought they're over. I know origin is over in Maine. I thought they lived over in Maine for some reason. They do. Jocko lives in San Diego, but origins in Maine. That's pretty cool. Why Maine? I always wondered that. I think they all grew up there. It's just like, that's home for them. And so I I don't know, I don't know how Jocko, I mean, I don't know how Brian and Pete met exactly, but I know that Jocko and Pete met through jujitsu, I believe. And so um, just that's where they are now in Maine. I know that they built their factory there. There's a lot of history there for origin. And I do know that they're expanding pretty rapidly. So to my knowledge, they're going to be opening another factory in North Carolina pretty soon. Um, and the, the brand is growing quickly. Is it pretty good? I've never had the the drink. They're amazing. I mean, the, the, the ingredients for me, like it's got to be taste and quality. I take my, my health really seriously, my nutrition really seriously. So there's a lot of energy drinks out there that have artificial sweeteners and all kinds of weird ingredients in them. And if you look at their cans, like there's like four ingredients and they're all very recognizable ingredients. So clean, clean um, ingredients, great taste good energy, not like overloading myself with caffeine. It's like the same as a cup of coffee. So, um, I love drinking them and all their products too, not just energy drinks. I take a lot of their stuff. So that's awesome. All good. They seem like good guys. I never met them. Um, but just from the podcast, being able to speak to some people that are like kind of at least close to being of that caliber, they just have an aura about them. Like you, when you're like talking to them, it's just like, this dude's different. Did you get that kind of sense from, from those guys? Oh yeah, for sure. And they're all very humble. I mean, they've done, they're, they're all doing incredible things. Like obviously the origin team, they've built this amazing brand and prioritize uh, manufacturing in America and keeping you know, jobs and products all American made. Um, so that's very admirable. And then the military members that they're associated with, so Jocko, Dakota, JP, like they've all, they're all so humble, but they've done incredible things through their military careers. And afterwards, um, you know, Jocko runs this very successful leadership company and JP works with him and Dakota's got his own brand and, He's a volunteer firefighter. Like they all just, they just don't waste any days and they just use their, you know, they have their military foundation that they, that help them get to where they are now. And they've just gone forth and done really phenomenal things for our country. And so I have a lot of respect for all of them. Me as well. I mean, I, I see every single day when I pull up Instagram, I see Jocko, a lot of the guys with the, with over at Echelon Front that just have the, or it's primarily Jocko. Jocko kind of brings most of the awareness, but the picture of his watch at like four o'clock in the morning, yeah, no, no time wasted with that guy. I, I on another podcast I was on, I, I think I said, uh, if there's anybody that has figured out a way to have more than 24 hours in a day, it's Jocko. But I, I mean, yeah, you wake up at 4:30, I guess you have more time than everybody else. Yeah, definitely. I just don't understand. How he's I've seen other podcasts with him. Like I said, I never spoke to him, but I've seen podcasts with him. He talks about how he sleeps like four hours. I'm like, how do you? I could. There's yeah. no way I could function at like such a high output. No. That little. Me sleep. I need to sleep. So how important is just on that topic, how important is sleep and, and recovery for you? I mean, I know that I know that you put out a, you know, 
high volume of workouts and just exerting your body every single day. Um, what's the recovery look like for that? Sleep is critical for me. Um, I know there are people like Jocko who can get by with, you know, four or five, six hours. I'm not one of those people. I need <laughs> at least seven. I mean, ideally eight. So my goal is to get in bed with at least seven and a half hours till my alarm's going to go off. So usually I'm in bed by nine 30 or 10. Um, so, and then on top of that, you know, keeping, keeping a good sleep and wake schedule. So trying to keep the, the sleep time and the wake time consistent as possible day after day, including weekends. That's really helpful. Um, sleep hygiene is really big too. So trying to stay off technology like 30 to 60 minutes before bed. So I'm not, or not getting like all the bright lights into my eyes um, keeping a dark room, a cool room when I sleep, like all those things. I'm, I'm kind of a diva when it comes to sleep, like all the conditions have to be perfect for me to get a good night's sleep. But, um, and then nutrition, like nutrition plays a role in recovery too. eating quality foods and not, not eating a lot of sugar not a lot of processed foods, just mostly whole foods, a lot of fruits and vegetables, um, lean protein, you know, grass fed beef, wild salmon, healthy fats, avocados, olive oil, all that stuff. So pretty basic. It's not, it's, it's simple, but not easy. Right. So how I always say it. all the good stuff. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you ever read a book called uh, sleep smarter? I have read that Sean Stevenson, Sean I believe. Stevenson. Yeah. yeah. You're racking off a lot of the stuff that came out of that book. I have the exact same thing. I have the little blue light glasses I wear at night and stuff. Me too. I have them as well. I find that they do work. Yeah. Definitely keeping like your room colder too, as well. Just stuff like you take cold showers. I do. Really? Yeah. Yep. I took one of his workshops live in New York. That was, that was interesting. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like? Cool. Um, he's a wild individual. He's yeah. very out there, but I mean, he's, it, his stuff works apparently. I mean, he's, he's proven it. So I, uh, I don't do the, I did the breathing for a while. You know, you, you go to a workshop, you're like, Oh, this is, this is amazing. I'm going to do this forever. And then, you know, sometimes it, it phases out. So I did it for a couple months the breathing, uh, the cold showers though, I still do. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of like the hot cold. So when I move this summer, I want to get a sauna and then go like sauna ice bath. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, what are some of the benefits of doing that? Like the hot cold, I've always seen people do that, but I never really understood what it did. Um, it's like on a cellular level, it does, it kind of expedites recovery. So if you're, you know, have a tough workout, it can, it basically changes the way the blood flows. I'm not like a super expert on this. So don't, don't quote me on any of this, but, um, I know that when you're, when you go from hot to when you go from cold, when you're in extreme cold, you're the blood wants to protect your organs. So right. it's going to flow more inward. And then when you get out of the cold, the blood is going to flow and rush to your extremities. So it's, it's a lot about that and just how the blood flows. And I know that it can, speed up the recovery process, which is why a lot of athletes use it and CrossFitters and all that stuff. Yeah. Just kind of like just recycling your blood a little bit, just oxygenating it. Yeah. That talks about with this breathing as well. Um, it, it may, if you're, I mean, you've done it, obviously you went to one of his workshops, it makes you feel weird when you do it for a little while. Cause you're like breathing like, like I was going to pass out. Yeah. You're doing like 30 or 40 of those and your head just like feels like so tingly and it's just, it's interesting for whoever's listening to this, go look up Wim Hof method on YouTube and you'll see him do that. Yeah. It's pretty cool though. I mean, you definitely feel a lot more clear. I'm with you though. I mean, you talk about, you know, working out and how that clears your head a little bit. Um, I'm the exact same way. I can't really function mentally unless I just get a good little sweat in and the earlier in the day is kind of the better for me, at least for me. 
You know what I mean? You just have a better day. You don't really, the bullshit doesn't really mess with you too much. I mean, you're not really anxious as much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I feel like people just need more of that right now, in my opinion, because everybody's just kind of stressed and tensed and, you know, especially with everything we see on this, holding up my yep. phone and, you know, just need to blow off some steam because I feel like we have almost a little bit too much, nothing going on huge tangent, but I feel like we almost have too much information and, you know, that can cause a lot of stress and a lot of negative, you know, effects. Yeah, totally. I think people, people who understand the benefits of physical activity probably doubled down on that during the pandemic. And if people are not taking advantage of it, they should probably start because I mean, the, we could go we could do an entire episode on the benefits of physical activity for physical and mental health. They're, they're limitless. And so um, I'm fortunate that I get to, I built my business and I get to impact people and spend my all day, every day talking about that and, and writing programs and making content and doing research on things that are going to help people and impact people exactly in that way, because it's something I'm really passionate about. Yeah. That sounds like a blast. Just being able to work out every single day, all day and just train people on that. That's cool. Yeah. I'm super fortunate and very blessed to be able to have built a business around the the things that I love. So that's awesome. So where do you see this in, in five to 10 years? Where do you see yourself going with, with, you know, their training and your company? Well, I'd like to scale the membership as much as possible. Um, so with that, I, I think just getting, you know, building brand awareness, we're still very small, relatively unknown company, but just doing, putting in the work and the time to grow it and be, become a, a brand that people know and trust, putting out quality content. I'm, I'm very much about that, you know, just from the, the movements themselves, the execution of the movements and the videos that we put out and then the editing, which is all the stuff my husband does for the graphic design and just having a, a very professional looking brand. I think there's so many brands out there, you know, just traveling and just making connections, building more relationships with people. And, you know, my, my long-term goal is to work with tactical athletes. So I want to focus on law enforcement military firefighters and focus on um, working with them on fitness, injury prevention, nutrition, all that stuff so that they can be better war fighters and more lethal and so, and stay injury free in, in the process. So that's my long-term goal. Um, right now I, I want to focus on growing the, the membership base and just reaching more people and helping more people get stronger. That's what I'm all about. That's awesome. We had a guy named Matt Petch on the podcast a couple, couple weeks ago you just talk about just like the physical requirements to be effective on a battlefield or, you know, if you're a police officer and law enforcement, just like you have to be in such good shape. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. The, I mean, it's very unpredictable too, especially for law enforcement, you know, when you're in mil- in the military, you're deployed, you, you can maybe on, in some, to some degree expect like, cause you're in that environment, you're, you're in war or whatever. Um, you have a mission, but in law enforcement, like they, things could change in, in a second. And so you have to be able to adapt quickly and be able to sprint or, you know, whether it's pinning someone down, like you need strength, you need endurance, you need mobility, you need all of those things. And so I think there's a lot of injuries. I know just being married to a Marine and knowing a lot of military members, seeing the injuries that result from improper training or a lack of focus on mobility um, and, and flexibility, I think. Uh, and recovery too, and, and the nutritional choices that some of those people are making and, and seeing going on base and seeing that there's like the line for McDonald's, the drive-thru is like around the block, but you know, there's very few people in, and my husband has told me in, in the chow hall, like everyone goes to the pizza line and the, um, you know, baked goods or whatever, but no one's in the, in the line for the salad bar. So how are we educating these people in terms of nutrition and how that can affect their performance 
in in the battlefield or whatever their mission is. So I think there's a lot a lot of room for improvement there. Yeah, to talk about Sean Stevenson and his book, he just came out with a new one. I'm sure you're yeah. aware of that. Yeah. yeah. Have you read that yet? I haven't. I'm going to though. I'm excited yeah. for it. I'm the same way. I mean, there's just so much that goes into being effective physically and mentally. Um, do you do anything specific like to clear things up or is that just kind of go hand in hand with, you know, your workouts? Um, I think the, the, the physical activity part of it, the, the weightlifting for me, especially is, is a big one. Um, journaling. I'm not big on meditation. I know there's a lot of value to it. I've just never been able to like get there. So, um, I don't know. I think I'm try, trying to keep my stress levels in check, but being that I, I love what I do, I don't feel like the negative type of stress so much. So, um, but yeah, just managing that, having good relationships, having in being supported by friends and family, like all that stuff really helps. So, um, but yeah, like uh, managing stress and, and what we, how we exercise, what we put into our bodies with nutrition, like all that stuff can affect not just physical, but also mental health. Yeah. Well said. Awesome. Well, where can people find you on social media and where can they find, um, Semper Stronger? So my personal Instagram page is at Rebecca.rouse. And I am also on Facebook. I don't go on there as much, admittedly, but Instagram is where I live mostly on social media. Uh, my business page is at Semper Stronger, and the website is www.semperstronger.com. So you can find everything there from my memberships to my programs and resources. Everything else is there. Awesome. Are people still on Facebook? I don't know. I hardly ever go on. It's honestly, it's like once a month, maybe, but. I think they are for, I know like for Facebook marketplace and like Facebook business, like for businesses and, and the, some of the like closed groups where people for their business, they'll have like a private group. I know yeah. a lot of people do that, but as far as like utilizing it for a social media platform, I think it's kind of phasing out. That's what I mean. Like, it's like every single time I get on there, it's just people arguing about stupid shit. That's yeah. I have to delete it. I can't get on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Crazy. I don't, I don't love it. Awesome, Rebecca. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming on again. Thank you for your family service. Um, definitely appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks so much. It's been great chatting with you. We'll be in touch. Awesome. Likewise. Bye. All right. Talk to you soon.